David. Uh, yes, Sarah? That, um, that T-shirt you're wearing, do you, oh, do you not think it's a bit, uh, you know, unacceptable? This? Oh, well, I guess so, but uh, Hostile Worlds is an audio podcast, so nobody can actually read I what's going... I saw Uranus on HostileWorlds.net. I was going to say nobody can actually read it and get offended, but you've gone and done it now. You do know that this podcast actually has a listener, don't you? I mean, granted, we've only got one, but what if they complain or or leave a one-star review or, or heaven forbid, unsubscribe? You think they do all that just because you lied to them on a t-shirt? What? What? Lied? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I thought you were offended. No, we've not the, done the... any episodes about Uranus, have we? At least not yet, anyway. I mean, wh- where did you get that shirt? Well... I like to read it as Uranus, but it's it's the same place you got your I've Been to Titan hoodie on that new Hostile Worlds merch store in association with Tee Public. What? There's a Hostile Worlds merch store? I just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just, I just borrowed this hoodie from Matthew's wardrobe while he's off the ship, so. Ah, so you've not been to hostileworlds.net slash shop yet then? No, 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 I haven't been to hostileworlds.net slash shop yet. Is it worth a look? Absolutely. They've got Hostile Worlds t-shirts and uh, hoodies and mugs, stickers, phone cases uh, and and loads more. You should head on over for a look and get kitted out. Or, I suppose, you could just steal more of Matthew's stuff. I think he put a big order in last week. Let's borrow, not steal. (laughs) I'm not a thief. (laughs) (laughs) You tell that to Zordon of the Orcs. Let's not bring that up again. (laughs) Anyway, listen, I I just just found this credit card in the pocket of this hoodie, so uh, I think I'll just go and order some swag for myself. (laughs) What's that address again? It's uh, hostileworlds.net slash shop. Hostileworlds.net slash shop. Yes. I don't know how many more times we can say it, but, uh, you know, if our listener actually buys something, we better be on some sort of commission for this. I came up here to entertain and educate people on the wonders of the cosmos, not to sell stickers and posters with Uranus on them. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, let's uh, just get on with the show. Yeah, 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 let's. Okay, here's your tea, Sarah. <clears throat> West to east. Oh, thank you. So, um, are we on our way? Second star, etc. Ah, oh, finger hovering over the button now, and here we. Colin. Where have you been? What? Where have you been? Yeah, bears do have dens. Why, James? No, she said, where have you been? No need to shout, just washing my hair. <laughs> the whole time we were on Venus? We were on Venus? Wait, Sarah, I see your finger hovering over the go button. But before we jump off to some bizarre cosmic locale and get our learning on... Did, did he just say, get our learning on? I'm afraid we've got a bit of a boring delivery to make. A, a delivery... Are we the Planet Express? <laughs> Dibs on the Zoidberg. Zoidberg cosplay. Zoidberg. I can't do that voice. <laughs> no, but since you made the reference, maybe a smart Alec no, robot would be a good addition to the crew. Does the Roomba count? It's, it's always smacking into the wall, and that's uh, that's marginally humorous. So, Colin, the delivery. Yeah, 
Matthew rang up. He said we have a storage container in the hold. It belongs to... Is it dangerous? I bet it's dangerous. It's locked, so... What if... What if it's a swarm of bees? I don't think it's a swarm of... Piranha! I bet it's piranha. That seems unlikely. Anyway, let's drop it off so we can be on our way. Our next exploratory voyage of edutainment awaits. Okay, where to? The sun. Excuse me? The sun? <laughs> so we're just chucking the container into its boiling depths or just gonna... Nah, special delivery, Mr McFeely style. As a scientist living in the sun's corona. What? what? Yep. Let's see. Dr. Andrea Solarius. But the corona starts at 6,000 degrees Celsius. And zoom rockets to several million degrees, also Celsius. I am aware, yeah. (laughs) Well, if she lives in the sun's corona, she must be rather flamboyant. Sarah, please. This is serious. Not to mention dignified. Yes, Sarah. Think of the doctor's vast intelligence. I'm sure she's a very bright lady. That... that (laughs) isn't... (sighs) Sarah, set the coordinates, please. Sure thing. I say... Colin? Yes, Sarah? Did I ever tell you about the time I stayed up all night? Here we go. Wondering... wondering where the sun went. And then, um... Then... Then it dawned on you. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, that's just bad, isn't it? So, how does Dr. Solarius survive in the corona? Is it a duplicate tardigrade? Nah, she's got a solar bathosphere. Oh, impressive. Oh, is that for sunbathing then? Like a, a globe-shaped tub? Bath? Sphere? Hmm? 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 Uh, well, no. A bathysphere is a deep-sea submersible lowered into water on a cable. Sure, the aforementioned solar bathysphere is just pretend for hostile worlds, but real ones back home explore the oceans of the Earth. It's the same concept, just substitute fire for water. She was just making it funny, for I do indeed know all about bathyspheres. Uh, I used to draw them in my maths jutter, you know. Mm. They're really cool, like a a steel ball, uh, one and a third metres across. And did you know before they were invented, humans had never descended beyond sunlight? Actually, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Poetic, then. The solar version goes wherever it's always sunny. And actually, the Earth's oceans are so unexplored, more people have walked on the moon than have reached the terrifying nadir of the recondite Mariana Trench. Mm? Oh, wow. That's, that's about 2,000 metres deep. Yep, the sphere shape of the bathysphere is so that it can resist high pressure. At the Mariana Trench, that pressure is about 15,750 pound force per square inch. Now that's 1,000 times Earth's standard atmospheric pressure at sea level. Uh, Compare that to the sun. There, the pressure is roughly 340 billion times Earth's standard atmospheric pressure. Ah, that's uh, that's a lot more. (laughs) And uh, Dr Solarius lives there. 
Well, that pressure's right at the centre of the sun, so... Oh, the centre of the sun, sure. Don't think we'd be going there anytime soon. Uh, did you guys hear that? Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear anything. No. Okay, gents, I'm just about there. That was quick. Well, the Venusian orbit is only 108 million kilometres from the sun, according to the measuring tape dangling off the back of the ship anyway. So, is it Dr. Solarius a scientist-scientist or an actor-scientist? Actually, I'm not really sure. Well, so long as she's not a uh, shady character, eh, Sarah? Shady? Hmm? Uh, no, no, no points for that one, I'm afraid. Really? Too dim? The sun! Oh, here we are! Here we are. Whoa, that's intense. Look at it. Quick, activate the optical shield. Looking at the sun unprotected can damage our retinas. It causes macular degeneration. That can lead to blindness. Well, we don't want that. I'm on it. What is it about the sun that would uh, damage our retinas? Yeah, it's the radiation. Too much ultraviolet. It's called solar retinopathy, I think, and it's caused by not only looking at the sun too long, but even a laser or an arc welder. Hmm, well, even with the shield down, the sun sure is spectacular. Yes, it is amazing, but um, I'd rather not get much closer. Maybe we should just keep the piranhas. It's not a box Look, there's of... the uh, solar bathysphere. See it? To, just to our left. You mean the only thing that's not the sun? Well, except for that orbiter way up there, see? Up is relative, but yeah. I can't believe there's a human inside that tiny metal ball. All right, you two go back to the cargo hold, deliver the container, and I'll keep the tardigrade close by. What? Uh, no, no, wait, you, you want us to go outside? Next to the big yellow sphere of fire and torment. Can't uh, we just give the container, you know, a little push? Let uh, momentum do the rest? Yeah. <laughs> ah, he'll be fine. The standard-issue tardigrade spacesuit's made of the same stuff as the tardigrade herself. Uh, which is? Plot armour. Oh, we'll be fine then. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Colin, about my suit, it, uh, um, when, um, it's, oh, I just uh, had Oh, that, th- yeah, that's mm. right, Sarah's suit is on the men, she told me last episode. Yes, yes, that's right, so you see, I, I couldn't possibly go all the way... You mean this? I found it stuffed in the pantry under an empty bag of crisps. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you, Colin. Yes. Yeah, I, I was wondering where that popped off to. <laughs> you weren't hiding it, were you? Of course. <laughs> yes. Sarah. It's a bit um, it's a bit scary outside, you know? All manner of space debris. That stuff flies at over 27,000 kilometres per hour. I mean, you don't want a wayward penny giving you a little schmooch on the cheek, do you? You'll be fine, Sarah. Yeah, you'll be fine. David will shield you with his body. Yeah, David will shield... Hang on, wait a minute. What about this plot armour? No such thing. Right, off you go. Shall I bring duck to tape? Whatever for? Sunglasses. Surely we need sunglasses. No. How about this uh, Phillips head screwdriver? Could be a lifesaver. Quit stalling. I'm going to open the airlock. Well, I'll bring it all the same. Ready? 
Opening airlock. You got the container? Me? Well, I thought you were gonna... Oh! There it goes. Catch it. Oh, it caught me instead. David! Hang on, Sarah. container and I'll hang on to you. No complaints. Let's see if I can maneuver us to the solar bathosphere with this little propulsion spray thingies and... Psh, psh. Wait, are, you, are, you, are you just going psh, psh with your mouth? Maybe. <laughs> okay, well it always seems to be working so we're getting closer. Okay. Psh, psh. Oh, so big, so bright. The heads-up display in my suit says the mean radius of the sun is 696,000 kilometres. Huh, that's like travelling from New York to New Delhi 59 times. <laughs> or lining up 109 Earths, end to end. Strictly speaking, does the Earth have an end? I mean, it's a sphere, yeah? Well, that depends what corner of the internet you ask. Eh? Yeah, very funny. Oh, this circumference has given us... 4,366,813 kilometres. Ooh, numbers to make your head spin. Well, we are literally spinning, so... Uh, how, how bright is the sun? Well, I have that information here too, uh, given in astronomer brightness systems known as magnitude. Uh, thanks to Greek astronomer Hipparchus, I believe. He also gave us trigonometry, so, uh, so what's the figure? Well, the the sun's magnitude is minus 26.7. What is that all? Well, it's, it's like golf. Oh, right. So the lower the number, the brighter the magnitude. Yeah, brighter objects have lower numbers. So a bright star would be first magnitude. A star not as bright would be second magnitude. Hey, it's me. Shh, the line's open. Oops. Did you hear that? It sounded like me. Huh. Oh, perhaps it comes refraction from the sun's magnetic field, maybe? I suppose. Okay, we're here. Uh, David, don't slow us down, David. We're going to... David, faster! It's not working! Well, let me help. Race for impact. Ooh. Don't lose the container. Uh, I still got it. No worries. Oof. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, we're here. We're here. Floating in the sun's corona. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now what? Do we do we knock? <laughs> I uh, I think we just did with <laughs> our whole selves. Yes. Oh, the hatch is opening. <laughs> Sounds a little creepy, don't you think? No panicking, because if you panicking, I panicking. Hang on. We're in space. How can we hear this? That's just for the folks listening back home. Oh, look out, the hatch is going to clip your arm. Ow! Oh! 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 My screwdriver! Oh. Lost forever. 
There it goes. Oh, dang it. Hello out there. This is Dr. Solarius. Good evening. <laughs> it's just a little joke. It's always day. Always day because we're at the sun. You must be Sarah and David. Colin told me to expect you. Well, come on in. Oh, and don't leave the hatch open, please. I can't afford to keep the hole outdoors, you know. Just a little more of that sun humor there. Come on in. Wipe your feet on the doormat. Just kidding. There are no doormats in space. Oh, I like her. Look out below! Thank you. Thank you. I've got it. I'll just set the container over here. There. Climb down the ladder. Join me. Uh, oh, uh, uh, where do I go, Doctor? It's, uh, it's awfully crowded in here. Yes, I'll just slide a little to the left and you can stand. Uh, lean? Lean against those instruments. I, I'm finding um, my boot is on a pile of laundry. That's my collarbone. Oh, your collarbone is squishy. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, can you close the hatch? Yes. Yes, I think so, but I, I can barely reach. Oh, hello. My screwdriver who came back. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh, that's that's odd. <laughs> Wonderful. And now, the ten cent tour. Here it is. This is it, really. It's really nice. Oh, it's lovely. No, really, lovely. <clears throat> you know, I thought for a doctor with a small. It looks small from the outside, and it's actually small on the inside. Oh, yeah. Why didn't someone else think of What's happening? It's a coronal mass ejection. We call them CMEs for short. It's a billion tons of particles. The plasma disrupting the sun's magnetic field, blasting out of the corona. The plasma ejects into the solar wind. During solar maxima, which is the greatest period of sun activity, there can be up to three CMEs a day. Exciting, isn't it? Are we in danger? Mass quantities of matter and electromagnetic radiation are shooting over us right at this very moment. Ooh, uh, I could be wrong, but that sounds like a yes. You, you mean we're being bathed by solar radiation in the solar bathysphere? Well, I suppose you could... Oh, I see. Very clever. Well, if we gotta go, you might as well go laughing. (laughs) Doctor, you said matter, but the sun is just a ball of gas and flame. You see, David, the matter consists of magnetized plasma, which is made mostly of electrons and protons. I know. So, what happens if the CME hits the Earth? I mean, I have a cat back there, you know, and... You never mentioned a cat. Oh, yes, um, Padre Hepburn. Well, Sarah, Padre would likely be okay, but if the CME passed the Earth's orbit, the resulting shockwave could cause a geomagnetic storm, which would disrupt the Earth's magnetosphere. Again, doesn't sound like a good thing. I should say not. (laughs) 
We have on record from 1859 one of the largest geomagnetic storms in history. We call it the Carrington Event. And if such a storm took place today, the technology of Earth would incur an impressive amount of damage. In fact, as recent as 2012, a similar storm took place and passed by the Earth. But thankfully, it missed our little planet. Yes, that 2012 storm was, was bad enough that it could have essentially wiped out all life on Earth. Well, at least all life that had anything with wires next to it. Um, but we had moved away by two weeks in our orbit. So if it had been two weeks earlier, that would have been it. Life on Earth, gone. Uh, if, um, if the CME were dangerous, how long would we have to warn folks? The CME that caused the Carrington event took 17.6 hours to travel from the sun to the Earth. Usually they can take days to travel that distance, but it's believed that... Oh. The CME severed the tether. The solar bathosphere is no longer connected to the orbiter. What do we do? Do we open the storage container? Oh, will that help, Doctor? don't see how, but I'm sure we'll be fine, as long as our orbital integrity doesn't fail. Warning. Orbital integrity has failed. Mm. Okay. Uh, Doctor, does that mean... Yes, Sarah. We're now plummeting into the sun. Is this the end for Sarah, David, and the Doctor? Is their goose well and truly cooked as they hurtle into the molten depths of the sun? Will their hides be tanned? Or is it more a case of their hides drying out, roasting, cracking open, and peeling from their bones in a completely horrific and agonizing death? All will be revealed on the next episode of Hostile Worlds. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Hostile Worlds, a podcast created and presented by the podcast host. Voices heard were by Sarah Golding, David Alt, Colin Gray, Tanya Maloyevich, and Owen McEwen. This is part one of a two-part episode guest written by William J. Meyer, a writer and audio dramatist who's based in the Big Apple itself, Los Angeles. And if you're enjoying the adventure so far, why not check out William's brand new podcast series, Strange Love. It's a short story anthology podcast featuring tales of offbeat love. Robots, barbarians, astronauts, aliens, banshees, AI, time travellers and the clerk at the corner grocery store. They all experience strange love and you can too. You can subscribe to this fantasy, sci-fi and macabre audio fiction series at strangelovepodcast.com and please do let William know that we sent you. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.